Gateway to millionaire status starts with the first dollar saved. Money is made, and then it should be saved. Some of us grew up with those save for a rainy day principles, and then there are those who feel money ain't a thing to worry about. During my childhood, when money was too tight to mention, I watched my mom stretch and save a dollar until it hollered. I never experienced a missed meal during the few periods where my mother's employment became sporadic and in some cases, non-existent. She operated a side hustle in beauty product sales and always found a way to save a dollar or two for the emergencies home ownership brought. Watching my mom write out a weekly budget and making shopping lists are some of the tools she equipped me with as I grew into adulthood. Thank goodness I had an excellent example with my mom when it came to saving and spending. However, there are some of us who did not grow up with those penny-pinching tactics. We shop, we spend, and in some cases, we regret the credit card bill when it comes. Here's an interesting statistic. According to an April 2020 survey done by the Pew Research Center, 73% of black adults do not have enough savings to cover three months of expenses. Also, more than half of black and Latinx households have no retirement savings, while only a third of white households lack savings. I wonder what we can do to change that. As we continue our financial literacy series, it's time to start thinking about how and why we should be saving our money and then teaching those powerful skills to the next generation. Meet Chaltrice Chandler, CEO of YGS Solutions, a TikTok content creator and author of the children's book, Money is Good, Kelsey 100. Aren't we all ready to learn more about the art of the save? I know I am. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and this is Interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. This episode within the Financial Literacy Series is brought to you by YourGalShall.com, the one-stop shop to teach the next generation of wealth one day and one dollar at a time. And now... All the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val The Voice Johnson. This is Val The Voice Johnson, and welcome to another edition of Interludes. She is the CEO of YGS Solutions, and she's the president and founder of the non-for-profit We Save Kids and the author of the children's book, Money is Good, Kelsey 100, a book centered around teaching children on how to properly save and use money. I think she, her information needs to be in every educational outlet, schools, possible. Ladies and gentlemen, Chaltrice Chandler, how are you today? Hey, 
I'm doing well, Val. Doing excellent. Another day. Another day I'm glad to see. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the nickname, Your Gal Shall. I love that your gal shall is here to teach you about money baby don't be afraid that's what i yes. feel like you're saying <laughs> you know what they say about me is um long for years people have said when it comes to shall a stranger is just a friend she hasn't met yet so you know <laughs> yeah, and you know that's amazing let's get into it what started your journey in learning about money and how and what excited you to say, you know what, I want to teach people what I've learned. What did you learn first about money? Right. So growing up, nothing. And, you know, maybe a story for another day. But but in brief, my father was self-employed. He had his own construction business for about 30, 25, 30 years before mm -hmm. losing his battle to cancer. And he was old school. And um, I remember saying to him, I would love to take over the business someday, Dad. And he laughed because being from Tennessee, my job as a, as a female was to reproduce, take care of house and home, like that was my job. Yet, he let me work on job sites. So it was super confusing because I have a super strong work ethic. Um, but the point I'm approaching is he taught the boys because he didn't feel like I needed to know that information. So I didn't learn anything from home. That translated in later in adult life to horrible spending spending habits. You you don't want to learn about finances from the hard head makes a soft butt principle, but that's what I did. And in 2012, I hit rock bottom face first. So I would say my education came from my CLE, my certified lived experience, and I what I learned. <laughs> I what I learned it. both about myself and the process I had to share with other people. And that's how We Say 365 was born. Yeah, and that's important, especially your CLE. People say that, that those, those initials mean something, especially in other arenas. And for your certified lived experience, I so in that CLE of learning, did it propel you to think did, did that did you equate your self-worth with how much money you made at that point or vice mm -hmm. versa so what i learned is that i was was am i am an emotional spender um. and your net worth your your self-worth is directly tied to your net worth definitely okay. and so even though i was intelligent enough to uh, put together a budget and to do debits and credits, right? To know what money I had coming in. When you are an emotional spender and someone does something physically or mentally harmful to you, going and dropping, uh, let's say a thousand dollars at a casino is not something you're gonna include in a budget. So it, it was those unplanned expenses and me dealing with uh, using money, spending money as a coping mechanism that that was my downfall, one of my downfalls. The second thing is I didn't know until I went through the journey how much I could afford to spend or to save. People always say, spend within your means. Well, you also have to save within your means. Okay. And so I would save, 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 save. I tried just till I was until I was blue in the face, but I'd always have to dip in it because I didn't know what I could afford to put away. And once I got through some of those barriers and you know learn those things about how and why i spent i was able to devise tactics that allowed me to protect my wealth from myself 
So one thing I want your viewers to know is that those impulses, they never go away. It's just your ability to control them and to have your tactics to deal with them for a lifetime. That's why it's, we say 365, it's a lifestyle. Lifestyle and tactics. What would be for someone that is an emotional spender? I am definitely one of those emotional spenders. If I wanted to learn a tactic to deal with wanting to emotionally spend what let's say I had a breakup or I lost a job or anything in that regards that attacks me or attacks my 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 self-esteem how what tactic would you teach someone on how to learn how to not emotionally spend so those impulses are going to happen because mm -hmm. those types of instances are part of everyday life and so if you were triggered triggered is, is what that's basically called to spend mm -hmm. the some of the tactics that that i did or, or i have taught clients are to literally go old school taking duct tape, duct tape, if that's what it takes to tape up your, your receptacle. Um, having a, if I save best, I loved saving when I had my breakthroughs with an accountability partner, talking with my accountability partner. Um, I've even employed in the many experiments I did, a small safe that had a key, had two keys, but I let, the, let leave the keys with the accountability partner so that I have to physically go to them and justify getting in it see because part of part of having the breakthrough is you have to in order to master the art of the save you have to practice the act of the save if you just do direct deposit well you're not learning anything and saving is a skill you have to confront those things and find a way to get through it so those would be a couple of ways that i would suggest yeah i, d I did automatic debit for saving and I, at one point, was able to amass a nice, a low five-figure um, month uh, salary or whatever you want to call it. I was able to save up at least six months of my, my monthly income at the time. However, when I was unemployed and I, it, it just hit me out of nowhere, I, like you just said, I was, I was dipping in it and also living off of my credit cards, which was like, ugh, I knew that was mm. horrible. If you are fighting for the comeback financially, let's say you were unemployed, let's say your 401k took a hit or you had to borrow against it, what would you, what advice would you give to someone that had to kind mm -hmm. of do a recovery in mm -hmm. going back to saving if they couldn't at one point? Right, so when I say I hit rock bottom, let me just briefly tell you that mm -hmm. six month period where I made it to, to the bottom. So it started in August of 2012 where I went through a horrible, horrible divorce. And mm -hmm. I took on 70% of our debt in order to keep my now ex-husband, who we have a great relationship, but at the time, to keep him from touching my pension that I had worked you know, a decade and a half to amass. Yeah. So, so that was one thing. Then in September, without his income, as soon as I asked for divorce, he stopped putting forth his part, house went into foreclosure. October, our dog of 13 years died because I didn't have the resources to pay for life-saving surgery that she needed like that. That still hurts me to this day. In uh, November, the little money I did have, it was so, so small, it was wiped out in a texting scam from a Circle K gas station in Texas, right next to the cappuccino machine. And in December, 
I was laid off from the, my job that I've been at for 18 faithful years. So literally all those things you just described, I had maxed out my 401k. I lived off student loans for a while. Literally, I had nowhere to go but out of this world or through this situation for a comeback. And so the first thing that I did is I went through and I dissected my finances because um, after I was able to acquire another job, right? It wasn't hard because I, do, I did have portable skills. I do have portable skills. I just wasn't making as much. But my disposable income at $25,000 less in salary, I still had money left over. What? <gasps> so that's when I started examining. Okay, now I know what I have. I'm watching every penny carefully because it's just me and I'm a single mother now. Mm -hmm. how and why I was spending. There was the aha moment um, for the, the beginning of discovering I was an emotional spender. So to, to answer your question, in short, you have to figure out what, how and why you're spending and you know where you're at. You have to keep it real, I say, to affect real change. And that means having a coming to Jesus talk with you, yourself and God about what it is that you're doing and where you want to go financially. Wow. And that, and that's a part of setting some financial goals for yourself mm -hmm. to say, I started here, but I would like to be here in six months to a year or maybe five years. Yes. Yeah. And I've yep. heard from financial planners that it's always important to think about retirement or to think about, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I'm at the age where a lot of people are losing their loved ones. They're losing their parents. Mm -hmm. And some, sometimes I see these GoFundMe situations that pop up and say, oh, we, we, we need some money to cover the funeral costs. <clears throat> mm -hmm. The funeral costs. I don't know where my voice went. <laughs> <laughs> How, what would be the advice you would give someone that says, I, I'm, I'm thinking about estate planning. Uh, mm -hmm. How should I invest in that? And how should I, how early should I be thinking about that? Especially if I have aging parents or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, disability or anything in that regard. Yeah, great, great question, uh, Val. So, so one of the things I talk about in the many video shorts that I do is, is barrel burial insurance or final expense planning mm -hmm. and for for very minimal costs people can can get this type of coverage and not have to worry about that i do not want like that would be a nightmare and it just it pains me that that is so common that you see these, these gofundmes because for mm -hmm. the cost of a manicure and a pedicure right for the cost to go to the cigar bar for for a night Right. You could have this insurance for a month, several months. And that's that's one of the, the easiest ways uh, to do it. Also, Dr. George C. Frazier talks about the five things that all black families should have. Families, but especially black families because of where we are socioeconomically. And insurance, right? Investments, real estate, savings. And of course, I'm not remembering the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also, okay, yes, yeah, so more insurance. And there are different types of policies. So the second thing that I would recommend, because you can do it at your own pace based on where you are and how you live, it, are cash value policies. So you've got the, the burial expense, that's a type of insurance. But then being able to put away, put invest in money that's set aside to build up a cash life insurance policy, 
not only does it invest in the market in a way that never goes down, right? You don't have to absorb the uh, the punishment that and the volatility of the market. But if you need liquidity down the road, you can have it. And because it's insurance, it can't be taxed. See, one of the things I teach people is that there's 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 always this language around what the wealthy teach their kids, what rich people do. And really, it's not that. It's people that have a wealth mindset that act on it. So after you take into account and keep it real with yourself where you are, you understand how and why you spend, you learn, you figure out what you can afford, you know, to save, then get to setting some goals. Then you have some decisions to make is one of the hardest things is facing that the majority of where I was financially, regardless of not being taught at home was self-imposed. Okay. And once I accepted that and I made a change, I haven't looked back. Somebody told me And I, I think that it's important, it's imperative that we learn about finances, especially our own and then the outer banks of it. In other words, what to do. I will say, this, uh, according to, I guess, CNBC, they said the average median bank account balance in 2021 was about $1,500. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, that was that total over the entire year or per month and mm -hmm. then non-hispanic oh no hispanic was nineteen hundred dollars yep. and it's just i don't know does that that seems so low and i'm wondering it the difference between let's say what a, an average white american would make versus what uh a hispanic or, or african-american would make it's it's reflecting in our bank accounts like how do we mm -hmm. change that yeah, so it's 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 habitual and there's another data point that goes along with that and this is from the uh, Bureau of like Economic Statistics. It's a government uh, funded uh, study that was done. The net worth of a white person is 10 times that of a person of color. And those figures that you stated are not for an individual, it's for a family, it's for a household. And uh, that's that's horrible. And the way that we get at that is what I've dedicated my life to, and that is helping new and begin again adult savers break those cycles. That's that's on the adult side. The way we change it for the long term is getting to our children. And so mm -hmm. I support having financial life skills taught right alongside ABCs and one, two, threes. If, if a child can learn a foreign language at two, they can learn how to manage their finances, money principles in plain English. Hello? So um, so it, it, it should be embedded in our educational system. And it starts though at home, you know, building, helping kids build a positive relationship with money. There's half a million uh, families in this country, uh, you know, impoverished families that don't even have books in the home, let alone a, a home environment that promotes, let me, let me show you what it's like to pay bills, baby. Let me tell you the positive things, even if I can't afford the entire bill that that this money is going towards. And so starting at home, expanding it into our educational system and in, embedding it into what the community does uh, for its people 
to me that it, those are the three keys. Wow. And, and now that you mentioned literacy, financial literacy for children, I'm going to now go to Money is Good, Kelsey 100. And just kind of the book and the inspiration for writing this for your children and for other people's children. And also you have the non-for-profit We Save Kids. How do those two work in tandem to help children learn about money? Right. So um, thank you so much for, for the question. Like this, I'm so excited. Like, like okay, breathe. <laughs> so I love babies. I love babies. So when I was building the website, it used to be called We Save 365. I rebranded as Your Gal Shall. Mm -hmm. And when I extended into uh, the, the children part, I always wanted to develop a nonprofit. The purpose of the nonprofit being to educate kids on number one, how to build a positive relationship with money to help them build a positive mindset about money and then to help them instill the uh, skills and disciplines in order to save money. See, when you look at the uh, Dave Ramsey's and you know the, yeah. the purpose-driven lives and all that stuff, none of that stuff ever worked for me because I hadn't had that, that basic skill. And the same with investments, it, unless it's something you can't touch, right? before you can invest, you have to know how you have to know how to save. You have to know how to manage your finances and you have to know how to save. So um, when I was building the website, I wanted to have some books until I had my own products and that that sort of thing out there for parents because they asked me all the time, you got anything for kids? You got anything for kids? Yeah. And I had nothing. Well, I couldn't find what I was looking for and what they were asking for, what they still ask for. So I wrote a book. And so the, that was the, the genesis of it. The inspiration, however, Kelsey is a real person. It's it right here in the background. And <laughs> it is inspired by my beautiful niece, our um, eight and nine year old niece and nephew live with us. And oh. we taught them, TT, TT taught them how to save. Oh, Uncle teaches them how to invest. And we actually went through showing them the difference between the chores that they have to do to help maintain the household to what we call revenue generating opportunities. So it's a book that combines the imagination of a child in beautiful, beautifully colorful illustrations and also a blueprint for parents on things that they could have their children do in order to, to earn as they learn. So that's, that's how that came together. And it's the first in a series. I've written two other books that are coming up next. Yeah, I saw, I saw your, you advertising that particular book on another platform. And that's one of the reasons why I was like, I have to have her to the podcast because I, I know there are many parents, especially the parents that I'm talking to right now. Uh, your gal shall has you on teaching financial literacy to children. I have a question from my producer here. What do you think of programs like Greenlight Card for children? Greenlight is like a debit or credit card where kids get to get to get paid for doing chores. What do you think? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's wonderful if it is paired with, and usually this happens, all the, most of the parents that I know that have their kids with this this green light they have a structure that promotes healthy financial management practices 
And so unless it's paired with that, it, it really doesn't get at the core of how to manage things. It's just like a magic card <laughs> that, get, that can get loaded, you know, or not. But I do think it is wonderful as long as it's buffered with the principles behind how to be responsible and seeing your money grow as you grow. Yeah, yeah. And that I think that any type of program where you are able to teach children on how to save and how to spend and how to responsibly use credit mm -hmm. and debit mm -hmm. it is important. It's imperative because we are now becoming extremely paperless yeah. when it comes to exchanging money. For sure. You don't see the actual money any, in, anymore. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I was very sad to hear about it, about the um, Black Wall Street mm -hmm. and just kind of what happened in, in Tulsa, Greenwood specifically, and just kind of the um, uh, famous Booker T. Washington uh, deemed it Black Wall Street and where hundreds of African-Americans, they moved to this particular area of, mm -hmm. uh, or is this, uh, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And everyone became increasingly wealthy because they were spending their dollars within the community. And mm -hmm. currently, we are, African-Americans are responsible for, I want to say, $1.6 trillion. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, our money does not stay in our community. It leaves less than a day out, right. of, the, out of our community. So I wanted your thoughts on Black Wall Street, mm -hmm. what happened, because I feel like that's, uh, when people talk about reparations, yeah. in my mind, when I think about what happened there and how many were killed, and, and I think... A lot of people just didn't know about it. It was taken out of histor history books as well. Just mm -hmm. kind of that rebounding from that thought process of I, I feel unworthy because I was uh, my my ancestors were killed for wanting more for themselves. What do you think about Black mm -hmm. Wall Street and, and your thoughts on that? Yeah. So so that's I I, I share with you just just lamenting about the the horrible thing that took place over. What I think is just an excuse, right? Someone saying something to 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 a white woman, but you know, moving to the devastation. This was 1921 that this mm -hmm. happened, yeah. And over 600, about 600 uh, black businesses were destroyed, including like 35 restaurants, you know, hospitals, and just two movie theaters were destroyed. Now, in that time, though. Um, having a self-sustained community was a necessity because of segregation. So while it was, it is famous for flourishing, we always had the skill and the will, but we really didn't have a choice if we were going to have the same standard of living that we deserved, you know, compared to, to other races, right? Whites in this, in this case. So, um, it was the, the, even though it rebuilt, it never it never rebounded fully to to what it was. And you mentioned the the amount of time a black dollar stayed in the black community. Back then, it was anywhere from thirty six to a hundred days. Now it's like six hours. Some experts say mm -hmm. six six hours in a one point six trillion dollar economy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I I used to say, you know, I want to be, what I do is, is my contribution to this, this world, to the black buying community, um, to bring back 
Black Wall Street, but even bigger and better. But there were many, when I continued to do some research, many other communities that didn't have that murderous element, um, but still were thriving Black communities. You had Seneca, you had in St. Louis, where I'm from, Mill Creek Valley, which was very prominent. And so um, today we, we've moved to more of a digital age. And so now you have MBN, right? Which we both, which we both know. You've got We Buy Black, you've got Shop Black. So there are these platforms um, that are built for us to concentrate our dollars. But until that connection is made where we, we have to go to the communities where our people are and educate them. It's, it's not a forced thing, but it's, it's putting in the work that used to happen when we lived more like a, you know, a community. There's also another element that often gets, gets overlooked. And it's the fact that in black communities, black and brown communities, that they are able to uh, sustain through alternative financial services. So I think there's a huge effort that could, that could take place to show people a different way because just because they're underbanked and they don't have access to traditional financial services that say you and I have. So there it's, it's multifaceted, um, but the, the uh, era that perpetuated a black wall street to become a thing um, is different than what we're trying to regain today. We're just trying to get a good footing and standing. So we're not at the bottom of every statistic, right? At least yeah. that's, that's what I think. I know, I know. There is a financial day in February that you wanted to talk about. I wanted to give you that um, platform. What is so important in February that is dealing with finances? So there, actually the next few months, so the 21st through the 25th is America Saves Week. And wow. I, won't, I won't be a spoiler, but there's a different financial element that's focused on each day of the week. And America Saves is a national organization that hasn't been around 10 years yet, I don't think. And they will send kits to your community, to you for your community for free to promote financial literacy and awareness and saving money. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And um, yeah, I plan on celebrating that through a series of videos and just getting the word out about uh, the things that they're promoting at the end of this month. Yeah, I, guys, I, love her TikTok. I literally spent a good hour just kind of being entertained by the information she was dropping, but also the little jokes that she would crack. <laughs> and I was very entertained by that because I was thinking this is a great way to get the knowledge out there about how to how to save, what not to spend. Um, Valentine's Day, there's a whole bunch of things that every topic that you could think about and building wealth, it's a smart way, instead of spending money with buying coffee outdoors, you can make it yourself. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many wonderful tips that she gave. If people wanted to know more about your gal, Shao, where would they go? And the book yes. as well. <laughs> Thank you. So for for the book, because it's, it's also Black History Month, March is National Reading Month, and also National Literacy uh, Day, April is Financial Literacy Month, right? Mm -hmm. So in order to uh, grab a copy of Kelsey 100, you can go to yourgalshall.com forward slash shop. And she's right there waiting for you to change a child's life. You can also find my edutainment videos on uh, TikTok and Instagram. 
And I'm also on Facebook, but there I'm under Shal Chandler, but my brand is pretty consistent across the platforms. Yes, I love I love the Your Gal Shall branding because it's very easy to find find you and just watching the videos and listening and there's blueprints available on her website. I've downloaded mine. So if you want to learn how to save or get into that practice of saving, Your Gal Shall is a person to see and she has wonderful content on both her website as well as her TikTok and Instagram. Shaltrice Chandler, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Val The Voice Johnson, and this is Interludes. To check out more from my interview with Shaltrice Chandler, please visit our Interludes YouTube channel. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode within the Financial Literacy Series is brought to you by YourGalShall.com, the one-stop shop to teach our generation and the next generation of wealth one day and one dollar at a time. To purchase the children's book, Money is Good, Kelsey 100, or learn about the three-step journey to saving, please visit the website yourgalshall.com. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. Yeah.